Hello, hello, and welcome to the Stop Shutting All Over Yourself podcast. I am Manessa Konecki. I'm the business strategist for misfit entrepreneurs who want to build their businesses their way. Over the last 25 years, I've worked with businesses in crisis to help them get back on track. And I swear to you, there is absolutely no crisis like trying to figure out how to do something your way that hasn't been done that way before. The hardest part for me, though, was letting go of the way that I thought I was supposed to do things and what people told me was appropriate and trying to figure out what worked for me, what I thought I was right and what fit with my, my, my framework. I wanted to approach business in a new way, so I started this podcast to bring you along the journey of all the things that I stopped shooting myself about along the way and to invite you on the journey with me because nobody likes to shoot on themselves, really, like nobody does. Uh, so you will find at the very end of it that you will... Uh, have a lot more joy. Uh, you'll have a lot more freedom and you will be making so much more money. Oh my God, so much more money. I swear to you, that's something you'll definitely get. Now, speaking of money, today's topic, continuation from last week, is about uh, charging your worth. And today we're going to be talking about underestimating your value. And that's a good one because for a lot of us, well, all of us, um, we do underestimate our value. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's podcast, definitely go back and check it out because we started this conversation last week in part one of our charging your worth series. Um, we talked about how hard it is to figure out your worth, like what happens to you when you get ready to, to charge your worth, why we undercharge and where these issues came from, like, you know, how we came to this idea, like we weren't just sprung fully formed from the womb with this idea in our mind, it came from somewhere. So where did they come from? And we dug really deep and went to some really weird places. But in the end, we now know how we got here to this space where we undercharge. So we figured out the history, the journey. Now we're bringing ourselves to the present and saying we know why we struggle with money. But what now? Now, before we move a little bit forward, I just want to pause and tell you about my general life philosophy for how I tend to make changes in my life in case it helps you. Um, I believe that one, there is a role for therapy and internal work. It has to be there. It's super important where you're figuring out things and coming to terms with why, how it happened, the guilt that you deal with, the shame, any of the things that you need to deal with, like psychologically, um, that's, that's sort of like what you do in therapy. Now you're going to work through that with your therapist or a coach or some sort of spiritual or holistic work, but you have to do the work that's inside. But here's, there's another step that has to happen at the same time. And that's the doing the thing part. To, too many of us feel like we wait and we're gonna wait until we figure out like what number one is. Once I've sorted out number one, then I'm gonna be ready to take the steps to do whatever it is that I need to do to move forward. So it's like we're waiting for one to finish so we can do two so that we're ready. But I gotta tell you, you will never feel ready. There is no moment in your emotional work where you're gonna sit down and you're gonna be like, I feel ready without actually taking the steps at the same time. So that's number two on this, right? So the work that we talked about last week was really about finding your coaches and your therapists and working through the stuff that you brought with you. But now we're talking about what are the action items that you can do to help reinforce the work that you're doing internally? Because that's really important because it's going to really help it happen faster and it's going to help it stick. So last week we dealt with one, this week we're going to deal with two. So there's a few reasons, there's quite a few reasons, but I picked the ones that resonated the most with me um, you know, in your own internal work, you may find other reasons, but these are the ones that are resonate the most with me and what action items you can take to combat them. Okay. So the first reason why we have trouble under, uh, charging our worth is that we're not specific enough about what it is that we're charging for in the first place. Right? So when someone asked me the other day, what I thought was a fair price for her services, she said, so I'm putting together my packages and she's been working with me. You know, I've worked with her for a while. She said, what, what should I do with my, what should I, how should I charge my services? What's a fair price? 
And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do, right? I need you to, if you want to tell me that you want to get, you want your packages to, you want to know what to charge your packages, you first have to know what's in them. We can't just start with here, right? Now she assumed I knew what she was doing and I do, but I have no idea like, you know, what that is. I know that it's priceless to me, but that's not really, <laughs> that's not really a, a number, right? So this is a really important thing to consider is that if you're not being specific about what it is that you do, then you're going to automatically undervalue what you do um, because of what we talked about last week. Um, whereas the person that you're helping, if they actually know the value you provide, will be overvalued. Like they will know the value that you offer because they know what you're doing for them, right? So that's really important is recognizing what you're doing for the other person. But you're not going to know that unless you actually write down what those things are. So you have to write those down. Now, if you're sitting here and you're trying to figure that out in your head, like you're like, you know, sitting down on the couch and like, okay, I'm going to do this and maybe back of the napkin math, then to be honest, you're really never going to know. It's going to, you're always going to struggle. Um, you'll dismiss things that you do out of hand. Like there'll be things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that you don't take up a lot of your time or you don't really think about it or I was doing it anyway that you don't actually include. You also probably don't include things like uh, the ramp up time, ramp down time, or, um, you know, just, or the value of experience, which we'll come to after, after this, right? You also probably have no full understanding of the scope of the things that you do, because the way that our businesses are structured, there's a lot of overlap between the personal and the business. And so sometimes it's really hard to see where that line is and what goes into the, actual, you know, um, document, uh, the, the actual, uh, package that you're creating. So what I want to recommend that you do is, is one, there's a book called skills, the common denominator. I want to recommend that you get that book. It's super, super good. You can find it on uh, our Amazon shop, but also, um, you could check out in the squad in the social strategy squad. You can get there from, um, manessa.com slash squad. Uh, there's a pinned post at the very top that has a list of like all of the things that you do as a business owner. And what's really cool about that is that it's a list of like everything. So you can just pick and choose. Uh, Laferne, one of our uh, long time OG community members, actually used it to build her resume, which looks freaking amazing, by the way. Nice job, Laferne. Um, so um, I would recommend checking that out because you probably do not know all of the things that you do for your business. Or if you are providing a service to someone else and you're trying to figure out what that package is, you may not necessarily be thinking about all of the things that you're doing and what it actually entails. Now, um, if you when we think about sitting down, right, and make and figuring out what your packages are, if you don't make this list right? And you don't have, okay, these are the things I'm going to do. There's not going to be any sort of organizational structure in your own mind, right? So now you're sitting here. And when I'm talking to you about whatever it is that you offer, you're going to feel uncomfortable and you're going to feel unsure and you're not going to know what to say. And it's going to make you feel more anxious. The purpose of writing these package documents is really less about what you're going to hand over to your customer or your client and more for you to build a solid layer underneath yourself that says, this is what I charge and this is what I charge it for. The reason why we find it so hard is because for the most part, we try money makes us uncomfortable. So we try to just skip, skirt over it like super quickly. OK, this is what I'm going to charge. Phew, packages are done. Be done with it. And if you don't know that you're bringing these money mindset issues with you into your package creation, then what you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up undercharging because you simply don't want to deal with it. OK, so that's just something really important to consider. Now, for me, the way this came up for me was that I realized I was always feeling anxious about whenever people asked me about things. And I realized it was because I didn't know myself what my structure was, why I picked what I picked. Like I knew it, I'd figured it out, but I didn't have it like written down as like almost like a codified thing 
that sort of like explained what I offer, right? So when I first started in business years and years ago, I had no idea how to decide what to charge people because I was just so anxious about simply saying the words because I didn't know how to back it up. When you start to write this list, whatever it is, and I recommend writing it in a like writing it in a resume format or just like a list format. But I also for me, I have it in a narrative format. That's kind of like a story that just says this is what I do and this is what I offer. That kind of just sort of like helps me tell the story of myself. It's the story of my business. Um, it's very helpful because then when you go to talk to someone, you already know that you have this foundation beneath you. So you feel more comfortable talking about it. Cause if somebody challenges you at that point, then you're like, well, here's my booklet about why I charge what I charge <laughs> and I know what I'm worth. Right? So you have that behind you. But I think for a lot of us, we want to have that confidence and that surety without having done that work behind the scenes to like really understand what it is that we're charging for and why we're charging for it because of our issues with money. That's why you have to deal with the mindset stuff first before you're gonna be able to put together really good packages because if you sit down to write a package and you've got this mindset shift stuff going on, you're just gonna skim over it and bam, done. Like you will not pay attention to it and you will undercharge yourself just because you don't wanna deal with it. Okay, so that is why being specific is really critical. The next thing is, and this is actually really common, really, really common, especially among my audience. So for me, for sure. Oh, my God. And if you're listening to me, I guarantee you feel this way, too, is we consider our experience irrelevant. Now, if I was to ask you right now, hey, how relevant is your experience? You would say, oh, yeah, no, totally relevant. Absolutely. But when it comes down to figuring out what you charge or the hours that you work, probably not. My guess is, is that you tend to be as conservative as possible, right? You're like, well, you know, I could do this in two hours or I could do it. Eh, yeah. You try to like hem and haw and be like, okay, this is how long I, it would take me to do. Now, never mind the fact that the reason why it takes you an hour and it would take someone else like four hours is because you have all these years of experience. So the only reason why someone is not paying 10 times the amount that they're already paying is because you have all this experience, right? Why should your experience be a hindrance for your salary or a hindrance for your uh, income or a hindrance for how you set your packages, right? So we discount that and we discount the blood, sweat and tears and the work that went into becoming an expert so that someone can do something like pick up the phone and call you and just ask the question. For so many of us, we underestimate that. And you really have to think about this. If somebody really wants this information, they're basically saying, I know that you spent all of this time learning this, but I would like you to spend your time with me now doing it for free or for less. That tells them that the value is low because you're valuing yourself low automatically, okay? Now, I, I know a lot of coaches, and this is actually where this started, who charge $50 an hour. And I think that is just absolutely unacceptable. Like, absolutely. If you are a coach, the minimum I think you should be charging is $125 an hour, like absolute minimum. And I actually think that's low, but that's where I, I recommend starting. Now, for me... When I, when I first started, 125 was where I started, but I know that there's people who I was, I've been talking to who would say $50 or $75, and I, and I have coaches who are charging $50, and that is no, right? So here's the thing that I want to say is that if you do, if you feel like you're in a psychological position and you haven't worked through the number one issue first, the one where you're working through the internal stuff first, so you're not comfortable charging 125 an hour, then fine, charge 50 But have the printed price be 125 There's a strategy towards how you actually price your packages and sell it for what you're comfortable selling it for, right? 
Now, I frankly think that if you can put the, once, because that's for me, that's like a, that's the gateway. If once you get that number there, after a few weeks, you will feel much more comfortable just charging the 125. But sometimes we need a ramp. Sometimes it's not easy to go from I'm charging 50 to I'm charging 125. So sometimes you need a ramp. But if you have trouble with this, I want to recommend again, checking out the Social Strategy Squad, where we actually had a great conversation yesterday about how exactly to strategically price your services um, as you're kind of like getting comfortable with raising your prices, which by the way, as you grow and get more experience, you want to be raising your prices. Now, most people come to me asking me how to find more clients. That's almost our clients or customers. So now I keep saying clients, but it's clients or customers as well. Uh, because the fact of the matter is a lot of people, boutiques and companies who sell products will also really keep their um, product priced at the bare minimum because they're not considering the value of the product that they are um, that they're selling, not just in terms of like its tactical value in terms of this product is made out of cloth and it's sold, but also the value to the person who's getting it. Right. I was actually just thinking the other day of a blanket that I bought from Sarah Swanson, who, um, oh, my God, Sarah's a great story, who when she first started was selling her uh, crafts for half the price. And you may have heard the story before where I challenged her uh, in one of our coaching calls, our group coaching calls in the squad to charge double whatever she was going to charge for the next thing. Just charge double. Just say it. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? People are going to say no. She charged double. And not only did she make double, that was the turning point in her business. From then on, we actually were talking on Marco yesterday and she was telling me how she's booked up till the end of the year. And the reason why is her, I have one of her blankets and it is amazing and it, it's it's uh, fabulous quality and it's heavy and it's weighted and it's wonderful and I love it and it's on my bed right now um, because it's so, it provides me with the comfort that I need and it is well worth what I paid for it. It's worth more than what I paid for it. But we don't think about it that way. We think, oh my God, it's just a blanket and the yarn and, and so I'm going to, I'm going to pay, charge something, I'm going to charge something ridiculously low. So this applies to whether you're a crafter, whether you sell products that you, uh, buy and resell, um, you know, like a boutique owner from a wholesaler and then you buy and resell. Or if you're a coach, you bring your mindset issues into how you charge. Um, and that makes you automatically charge less. But imagine if you could bring in the same amount of customers and charge more. Um, like uh, uh, Karen, I was talking to Karen the other day too, and her prices were very low when I started working with her in the boutique marketing studio. She's amazing. Um, but her work demands more money. She's that's Her quality is incredible, but she was undercharging. So when we started, she wanted more clients. And I said, no, you need to charge more. And so now she raised her prices, but she's still booked up completely and is able to hire more people and grow her business because people now understand the value of what it is that she provides. But on this end, we don't see that. We just see, oh, well, it's just taking me this time or it's just taking me this time. And sometimes some of those things that we're doing are things that we find really annoying to do. So we're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. And listen, here's the thing. The more annoying it is, the more you need to be charging for it. Because if it's annoying for you, imagine how annoying it is for someone who doesn't know how to do it, who is trying to figure it out for themselves, right? That's the important thing to think about. The more annoying or mundane a task is, the less likely it is that someone else who is trying to do it on their own, who doesn't have your expertise is going to know about it. So they're more likely to miss things, which means they're going to have to go back and fix it and fix it and fix it and fix it over and over and over again. Or it's going to take longer and longer for them to recover or see the results that you promised you're going to give them. Um, so the key, the key here is to make sure that you are marketing, that you are paying attention 
to what experience you bring to the table and charging yourself um, and charging for that as well. Now, the third reason why we struggle with uh, charging our worth or why we undercharge is because we don't know the market and we don't know how to ask questions or what questions to ask. And now this part is a little tough because it's a couple of things. Now, the first is, is that we assume that we should already know how to price our packages. Like because you call yourself a business owner, it's as if just calling yourself that just brings in some intuitive pricing knowledge. So you should know how to do that. And or um, it's if I'm an expert in my business, then I should know what it costs. And it doesn't. That's not really how that works, because the truth is, because it's your business, you really don't know what it costs because it's you'll know what it costs in terms of like your um your the price what it costs you to do in terms of your hourly rate but in terms of like what the value is on the other side it's going to be really really hard for you to do without having doing market research or getting some assistance um or it's it's very challenging to figure out on your own so but if you don't know that right if you don't know that it make that you're not supposed to know how to price your packages or your products simply because you're a business owner then you're going to feel like there's something wrong with you because you struggle when you sit down to do your prices, right? So now you think there's something wrong with you, which means if there's something wrong with you, you're not going to want to ask the, you know, ask anyone and you're not even sure what would I ask, right? So that I don't sound stupid. These are the things that go through our minds. I don't think that anybody's stupid for asking those questions, but we have to be realistic about what our inner voices are telling us during that time, right? There's also the fear that if you ask questions, you'll look foolish because none of us want to look foolish because let's face it, (laughs) we are all misfits, which means most of us have felt significant rejection in our lives at some way, shape or form, some stage, and it impacted us in a, a big way. And so if we look foolish, we will be rejected by the community. And that's a big deal for us. Right. So I used to struggle with my self-esteem a lot when it came to asking questions because I thought it would demonstrate that I was a loser, that I didn't know anything about anything at all. Like the fact that asking a question about one thing would mean that I it negates everything else I know. Um, I just I didn't have a very healthy relationship with asking questions because of I have ADHD. And as a kid, I was always made to feel foolish for asking them. So I just learned not to ask them. Right now. That all changed when I started working at the hospitals because I knew these brilliant scientists, so many of them, they cure cancer, they come up with shit like you wouldn't even believe. Like I, they're looking in microscopes and changing people's lives, like extending, I mean, it's crazy, doing heart surgery, brain surgery, you name it, right? These are brilliant, brilliant people who can't manage a checkbook, right? They can't keep their calendars straight. And it made me realize that the more you specialize in something, the more time you spend becoming an expert in something, the less time you have to actually know all the other things because your brain power is really focused on this one thing, right? So if you're someone who wants to continue to sell the products that you sell, get more money for what you sell, you're going to become a specialist in whatever your product is. You're a specialist in boutiques. You're a specialist in boho clothing. You're a specialist in, you know, dressing 80s. You're a specialist in um, helping widows work through the the years after losing a spouse. You're a specialist in money mindset. Whatever your specialist is, specialty is, you're a specialist in making um, crafts or uh, um, the product that you sell. Whatever it is, like you know that product and you know the value. And over time, you are going to continue to get more and more expertise at it. But when many of us start our businesses, we spend more time dealing with the administrative and social media shit than we do dealing with the stuff that we actually got into our business for in the first place. And as a result, it makes us feel uncomfortable about charging prices because we're not spending enough time in that space, right? So um, it's not a deficit in you 
that you are not able to figure these things out on your own. What it really is, is that you are working on becoming a specialist in one area. And so it is necessitating you taking your brain away from doing other things. And that's how it is, right? And that's why a lot of times we lean on coaches and their communities and um, uh, uh, delegating and outsourcing and community members and things like that. Because while we are diving deeper into whatever area it is that we're in, we are finding ways to support ourselves in the spaces that we're having to take our attention away from. And it's very challenging if you feel like you're supposed to be an expert at doing all of those things when your passion is lying in the space where your business is. And that can, that conflict can create a lot of tension in a variety of different ways. Just as I was saying it, I haven't, I didn't actually articulate it like this when I was first writing it out, but as I'm saying it, I can see how this is really the source of a lot of tensions, I think in, in our lives as we are running businesses, but specifically it does have a huge impact on how you value your services and products and how comfortable you are marketing them for those prices when you're talking to people face to face. Now, if you have issues, just want to pull back a bit because I talked about being a specialist and being an expert. Um, if you have issues with calling yourself an expert or a specialist, as I know a lot of people do, I'm going to send you back over to part one, uh, which is episode 33 of the podcast, where we talk about that. Um, now, in order to solve this particular problem about money, um, you need to have more conversations about money with people you trust in your industry. Uh, you need to talk to your colleagues about the money you're making. So like a lot of the people in my community are either business owners or they're business owners as a side hustle and then have a job um, as well. And um, like a job that pays them a regular salary. And one of the things that runs in, they run into there is, you know, what should I charge for that service that I'm offering? Or if somebody wants to pay me for an hourly rate, what do I charge? Right. And that goes back to you know, all of these, the things that we've discussed so far, but you need to be having more conversations with people who do the same thing that you do. So like, if you're somebody who's trying to figure out how to price your boutique, uh, your clothes and your shoes and your handbags, you need to be in the boutique hub. If you're somebody who is, wants to be a VA and you're building your VA business, then you want to be in the support squad with Sharon Nissen. Like you, there are places that you want to be if, depending on what it is that your specialty is so that you're talking to people who are speaking your same language, providing similar services and really getting, um, like a lay of what the land looks like, not so much for comparing, but just to make sure that you haven't missed anything in terms of like, cause why rethink something that things have, people have already thought, like the collective mind is so much better uh, in things like this, right? So getting into those groups is really helpful. You can use those spaces to get feedback about your services, your offerings, and what you may not be considering, and it'll be more robust. Now, we have to get comfortable with talking about money with people, with each other before we're going to be confident talking about it with customers. It's not going to be something where you feel confident talking, you're, you're uncomfortable talking about money right now and suddenly you're confident talking to your customers about money. Like the comfort comes from uh, desensitization, from repetition, right? So one of the things that we do in the squad is we talk about things that would traditionally make people uncomfortable because we need to make those a regular part of our vernacular so that we can do them just without thinking about it because otherwise when you're talking to somebody about your products or your services you're trying to one overcome your discomfort at the exact same time as you're trying to make sure that you have a strong foundation for your prices and at the same time you're trying to tell them your prices and your brain's just trying to do so many things and guess what happens word vomit or just you know <gasps> silence right oh my god i, I don't want to anything stop talking to me right um Figuring out what to charge really does seem like a simple thing on the surface. It so does. Um, when you have the item on your to-do list, figure out your packages, right? It's like, oh yeah, totally. I'll do that on a Tuesday. I remember when I had that on my to-do list and I sit down, list it out, and then I'd be done. Oh, 
<laughs> my naivete, right? But I couldn't figure out. It took me, I just, it kept moving it and I couldn't figure out why it was so hard for me. Why did it take so long? Because it should be so straightforward, right? Hear the shooting? Okay, so here's the thing about the shooting. That's the whole point, right? Why did I think it should be so straightforward? Instead of automatically assuming that there was something wrong with me and challenging myself, right? Instead, I challenged the idea. I challenged the idea that I rejected the idea that it should be straightforward and it should be easy, right? Should it be straightforward? Really? Should it, right? And when I break it down, the answer is not for me and not for anyone who hasn't done this kind of work, right? So eventually I hired a coach to guide me. She's amazing. Rebecca Tracy. She just got married. Yay. Congratulations. Um, because the truth is it sucks to do it alone. Um, and I did need the help and she had a great technique and it worked really well for me. Um, and it's a lot easier when you have someone who knows the way guiding you than you're trying to figure out. There's no prize for figuring it out on your own. There really isn't like you're, you're the prize is if you figure it out faster, you make more money. So how can you figure it out faster? Right. You can go into some of these groups. For a lot of us, if we do not want to go into these groups, right, and it's and it's really about I got to figure it out myself, then that's more of a pride thing. I haven't met everyone who listens to this podcast, but I know that you have already lost thousands of dollars because of the fact that you're undercharging. And so have your colleagues and so have your friends and so have uh, people who own businesses in your sphere. So I want to recommend that. So you've had a chance to listen to this podcast. I want you to pick one of these things. I want you to find a group that works for you in your industry, whatever it is, and get in there and just start hanging out. Just read some of the old posts. I guarantee from the moment you get in there, you'll start to feel more comfortable and you'll start to have more access to um, information that'll help you uh, create packages that actually will allow you to charge what you're worth, right? Now, if you don't wanna go looking for anything, then of course, as always, you can join us at manessa.com squad. We have so many amazing things coming. Team Manessa Inc. has been working their butts off. And so check out our Instagram at manessa.com dot Konecki. Check out Facebook at Manessa.Konecki. Also check out the website at Manessa.com. Oh my God, it is amazing. Sierra Lynn has done a fabulous, fabulous job. Um, the team is really coming together. And so we're really um, excited to be bringing you more and more stuff that's going to help you stop shitting all over yourself. So let's get this in as many feeds as possible. So all of us can move forward without the shame, without the guilt. All right. I will see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, where we will continue this conversation and we will talk about self-promotion is not a bad word because once you have figured out how to charge, the next thing becomes overcoming that moment when you are actually selling your product and you're like, right? We're gonna be talking about that. All right, I'll see you next week.